I was mostly talk. I was like the annoying person that I couldn't <laughs> to listen to, you know, like, yeah. you know, I, I, I couldn't stand to listen to someone say they were going to do something and then not follow through. And the reason why was because I was living that day in and day out. I was talking about this thing I was going to do one day, someday, but I wasn't taking any action on it. And it wasn't, I was, I was stuck in the how it, it might, it might've looked like I was stuck in the how, but really I was stuck in the, I don't believe I'm enough. You're listening to the Unstoppable Business Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Lee. Today we have joined with us is Denise Solar Cox, and she's the founder of Project NYA. Her project has a singular purpose, to transform how we think and speak about culture, identity, and what it means to belong. NBC Latino has called her project a voice for the first-gen Latinos and she has an award-winning film called Being Enye. She's also the host of the Selfish Latina podcast. Denise, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Brian. Absolutely. So let's take it back to the beginning of your journey. Exactly where were you at? Well, I would say the very beginning of my journey was really growing up in the suburbs of Manhattan, feeling like I didn't belong. I came from a Puerto Rican and a Cuban family, and we were raised in the suburbs of Manhattan where it was predominantly uh, not Latino. And I felt all my life disconnected from my identity, curious where I belonged. I felt lonely and isolated from my culture and also from the place that I grew up in. And it wasn't until I was 26 years old that I was out with a bunch of friends having drinks on North Miami Beach when I realized that I was actually a part of a group of people, 16 million people, 16 million children of immigrants from Spanish-speaking countries, and that I actually was never alone in my experience. I was just alone in being able to talk about it. And that night is the night that I decided to make a film about my experience because I believed that if other people could feel connected in the same way that I felt connected that night, that I could change my little corner of the world. Mm. Amazing. Amazing. And what did that lead you to do? Well, at that time, I ended up declaring I'm going to make a film about this. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to change lives. This is what I'm meant to do. It's going to be awesome. And then for the next 17 years, I did not do that. I felt like I didn't, I wasn't the right person. I felt like I wasn't Latina enough to make a film about Latinidad. And so I put it off and procrastinated it. And, uh, but it was one of those ideas that wouldn't leave me alone. And um, finally, 17 years later, uh, was January 1st. First, um, I think it was probably eight years ago now, and mm -hmm. I just decided my life was too short, and I was actually going to spend the rest of my life trying to make this movie. And so that's what, um, so that declaration happened, and about a month later, I had a pitch meeting with my now creative partner, and two years after that, we began working on the film, and that was six years ago and we mm. made the film mm -hmm. and then uh, I've been on the road with the same film now for four years. Whoa. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 
So the creation of the film, like what kind of challenges did you face while creating it? Uh, I, I mean, every challenge you could possibly think of. Um, I would say I, I grappled with lots of internal challenges and external challenges. The internal challenges kind of persisted, the enoughness challenge that was the one that kind of prevented me from making the film and kind of helped me put the brakes on my own big idea was something that I suffered with at different levels throughout the making of the film. But what was different was that I had a team around me. I had a partner working with me and, uh, you know, I was kind of locked in. And so I had to deal with those things and um, get to the bottom of them um, quicker than I felt comfortable. But what was the incredible gift of that is I ended up becoming a better version of myself two years later, someone that was a lot more courageous. And then when the film came out, I had to deal with another layer of internal challenges of wondering if it would make the impact that I had hoped that it would make and just continual dealing of layers. Um, upon layers of enoughness. And so really there was no external challenge um, that was bigger than my internal challenge of um, wondering if that was the right person. Mm, gotcha. And so what was your background, Denise? Because you sort of dived into this, like did you have a background in film so that you were able to do this or no background at all? I had zero background in film. I had no training at all in anything related to filmmaking. Uh, so thankfully, the my creative partner, Henry Ansbacher, is an Oscar nominee. He's made many films before this one with me. And um, luckily, he believed in the idea from the very first meeting. And um, so really, we, we made this together. And he's taught me everything that I know now. And I'm incredibly grateful for him for that. Wow, that's amazing. And yeah. uh, so I guess what was your focus before the film, before you were focusing on, you know, this movement? Yeah, so before this, I would call myself a serial entrepreneur. So constantly trying different types of businesses out. And the very last business that I was actually in before I made the film was in network marketing. And so I I had actually, uh, I was one of those people that earned a car in network marketing and was doing really well, but I, at the time, felt very unfulfilled. So that's when I decided to turn towards this thing mm. that I wanted to do um, mm-hmm. and had to turn my focus completely on the film in order to make it work. Wow. So it was just like ditch everything and focus everything on the film. That's crazy. Yeah, well, and that wasn't my plan. My plan was that I would still be able to make money and do well with this network marketing company because it was great part-time income. Uh, I mean, it was great full-time income, part-time, and I thought, okay, this is humming along. I'm going to do great. But what I that what I realized not too long after we got started was that um, th- there's a saying you can't chase two bunnies, and that was definitely my experience. Was that I couldn't really grow this film and this movement um without my 100 percent attention mm, understood okay and yeah. what do you think was like the the core inspiration for you to finally to finally pull the trigger and start you know doing that film internally yeah well mm-hmm. i would say i felt like i was 
full of it. I was so sick of talking about it. And I know there's a lot of people, you know, probably a lot of people on your podcast that get really excited, like that kind of visionary type of personality. You know, we get, we're, we get excited about the ideas that we want to do. We envision a future. We say, we come up with the action steps. And at the end of the day, for me, I was mostly talk. I was like the annoying person that I couldn't <laughs> to listen to, you know, like, yeah. you know, I, I, I couldn't stand to listen to someone say they were going to do something and then not follow through. And the reason why was because I was living that day in and day out. I was talking about this thing I was going to do one day, someday, but I wasn't taking any action on it. And it wasn't, I was, I was stuck in the how it, it might, it might've looked like I was stuck in the how, but really I was stuck in the, I don't believe I'm enough. I was stuck in my mm. own internal mm-hmm. enoughness battle. And yep. so uh, it made me unexplainably or maybe explainably impatient with people who were just like me. So <laughs> when I was making my goals, mm-hmm. uh, which is something I do every January 1st, um, I just realized, wow, I write this goal down every January 1st. I'm about to write it down for the 17th time. And I just realized I was full of it. And I was all of a sudden realize that I'm just as full of it as I believe these other people are. And I couldn't stand it anymore. I could not bear to write it down one more time. And so I made a promise to myself that day that I would give myself one full year of working on this. And if after that I couldn't make it work, then I would walk away. And the condition was that I would never be able to say it again, like ever again to another person. And this is my favorite thing to talk about. And so I got to work trying to make it work. And the thing that I think is important for people to hear is that I made the decision. I got an appointment with my now partner, who is a total, uh, very accomplished uh, documentarian here in the United States, no, a, no, a person of note, right? But we didn't get to work on it until two years later. And for one of those years, he hired me to help him with the marketing of another film. And so I literally took a dive into the deep end of marketing uh, theatrical release of a film that had nothing to do with Latinos, had nothing to do with my subject matter, but I was willing to do whatever it took to work with him, to let him know that I was serious about working with him, making movies, and that I would do whatever uh, he needed um, uh, to help him get his other film uh, released. And so, and, and in the meantime, that year of working with him, I got a chance to to work with him and to see how he works with people and see how he deals with conflict with the team members and how he deals with difficult situations. And we also had a chance to kind of envision how things would be on our project. So, you know, the two years might seem like a long time, but the, the thing of note to, to share is that I was willing to do whatever it took. So like, meaning take out the garbage version of anything that needed to be done, if that makes sense. Mm, wow. Yeah. And so Denise, can you walk us through the creation of your film? Like, what did it consist of? Were you reaching out to people having interviews? You know, like, what did it look like? Yeah. So at first what we wanted to do, I come from a marketing background and a a digital marketing background. And so I knew that we needed to build a community or at least 
I wanted to come at this having built a community, having built a, a social media presence, an email list, so that when the film came out, people were waiting for it. So what we did was we uh, did interviews right away, and you can actually find them on YouTube. They're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> really? You know, we sat down. I had no experience mm -hmm. interviewing people, so you can kind of see me kind of fumbling through these interviews, trying to figure out where the story was, trying to figure out, kind of get my sea legs in the whole interviewing world. And, um, and we released them. And then we released uh, uh, videos that were a little bit more uh, produced. And then finally, some really highly produced videos. And so as we were building our email list, we were also releasing what we called the vignettes at the time. Then we changed it to Enya stories. And there, I think there are about 16 of them. And we, re we released them on a regular schedule. We came out with a podcast. It's not the Selfish Latina podcast. We called it the Project Enya podcast because we didn't have another name for it. And we built an audience with those two things. And, um, you know, kind of like copying and pasting emails from people that I would meet at a party, um, people that we met on social media. We just decided we're going to build this from nothing. And so we took on wow. Twitter, we took on Facebook. This is before Amazing. the algorithm changed on Facebook. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and we didn't really have much of an Instagram game going. Uh, but at one point I was able to meet Gary V in person and uh, spend some time with him alone. Uh, you know, uh, me and him, his film crew and my film crew. <laughs> <All right. laughs> and he gave me some advice to, mm -hmm. uh, to really focus on our Instagram. So, um, anyway, at that time we were at 3000 people and, um, and now we're at, I think 43,000 people or something like that. But yeah, it's, you know, and this is over six years. So, um, so by the time the film came yeah. out, we, we did have an audience. We mm -hmm. released the trailer on Facebook, not knowing how it was going to do. And now we have almost a million views on that trailer. So, uh, Absolutely it's, you amazing. know, and now, yeah. yeah, and then over the last several years, I've been invited to speak at all kinds of places all over the country. So I'm on the road about 30 to 40 times a year, traveling, speaking at places like VaynerMedia and LinkedIn headquarters, Facebook headquarters at Yale, at Harvard, at um, schools, small schools, big schools, universities, smaller companies, bigger companies, associations, and um and so it's been an incredible journey of, um, you know, of just taking this film um, from the from the most basic kind of point, you know, ground zero into where we are today with almost a hundred thousand followers, which might seem small to some people, but when you have a small audience like ours, we're at about eighty thousand ish combined followers. Um, we're, you know they're very active and engaged. And so to anyone that's listening, thinking you have to have a million followers or hundreds of thousands of followers to build a business is absolutely not true. Mm. I think that's a great point to make. Yeah. yeah. Highly loyal following. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know, what's curious is that you have a film and you also do, um, you, you do this in person, you're on the road, you're showing people the film, like, how exactly does that look like? You're bringing this film to, you know, for the last six years, did it evolve? Well, so I never thought I would be invited to all these different places. I thought we were going to do the film festival circuit and, and, you know, and that, and that honestly was exciting enough for me for, to do for a year after we released the film. Very cool. But yeah. The, 
the fact mm-hmm. is, is that we weren't invited to a lot of film festivals. We have, our film is only 30 is 37 minutes and uh, it's in, it's considered a documentary short. And so anything under 40 minutes is considered a short. Now at film festivals, they sell tickets for a short program and include films that are usually around 10 minutes. And so, you know, max maybe 15 minutes. So we applied to I mean, I don't know how many film festivals and we just kept getting rejected and rejected and rejected. And I I was like, my hand, you know, my hands were in my face. Like, I can't believe this. This whole plan is totally going to crap. Like, you know, I, I'm just, I was Uh so bummed. And the festivals that we did get into actually were the festivals that awarded us like audience award, best doc award. Uh, But there were definitely smaller film festivals than we were hoping to get into. And then we realized our short was too long for their shorts program. And so that's when we released the trailer and that's when we exploded. And it has given me something to do (laughs) uh, for the last three years. And Mm. uh, I was actually, right before this, I was on the phone with a university in the Netherlands um, who has invited me to come speak there and screen the film. So the film is... uh, this year in 2020, we're finally branching out to a more international audience. So I'll be going to Europe with the film this year and also to Marrakesh, Africa as well. Awesome. Yeah. seems like it's, you're really blowing up. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Denise, I guess it's appropriate to ask now, what's your vision, you know, for five to 10 years from now with your project? Sure. Well, so here's something that's really exciting. The thing that I wanted to do, the thing I had been avoiding for 17 years was I thought was making this film, right? Well, I'm super Mm -hmm. excited to say that we're in production now with our second film. And what's the most exciting to me right now is uh, being able to produce that film and release it next year. And also to be on the road speaking all over the world about something that has come up as the theme and kind of connective tissue of all of our work, which is the theme of belonging. And so that's really what is at the heart of the work that we do here at Project Enya. And so my vision is becoming the world's foremost expert on belonging and making media that has to do with that theme. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you. And what are, what are like the highest impact activities that you're doing today to get to that point? So I would say the highest impact activity is making this documentary uh, feature length documentary as you know, so many people know, you know, films really have the power to change people's minds and people's lives. And so that is our main focus right now is working on getting that done while at the same time, uh, continuing to come out with new episodes on our podcast and also uh, fielding these invitations now from all over the world to come and speak. So the more people we can get the work in front of, uh, the more it advances our commitment to spreading this um, conversation on belonging. That's great. Thank you. Yeah. Denise, if there's someone out there that wants to follow in your footsteps and create change maybe in their own little part of the world, um, what kind of advice would you give them in one to two words? I would, my, the biggest piece of advice that I would give them is believe that they matter and believe that the idea that they have matters. Mm. 
Awesome. Great. Is there anything else that you want to share with the audience listening? Yes, I'd love for everyone mm-hmm. listening uh, to watch the film. So the film isn't just, it's called Being Enya, and Enya is the uh, is the extra letter in the Spanish alphabet. It's a little N with the tilde on it, the little squiggly line. And so we spell that phonetically. And if you go to our website, projectenya.com, you'll see a link or you'll see an opt-in where you can just put your email in and watch our film, which is a doc, a long short at 37 minutes. So someone can just watch it right on their laptop. Didn't have time to take notes? Well, get your free cheat sheet for this episode at unstoppablebusiness.com forward slash podcast.